thanks everybody for tuning in uh, for episode zero of the podcast, uh, the Stratus podcast. New to the server at the moment, so we'll, we'll hopefully uh, talk about some nice topics and we're always looking for suggestions from the community. So just uh, we'll quickly introduce each other. Um, you won't be able to see you won't be able to see who's talking on the uh on your screen currently but that is something we hope to bring in into episode one um so introducing our hosts uh we have Gorius here Gorius, if you want to say hello what's up big man Gorius here and zericles what's up and i am rocky yeah so hopefully we're going to give a bit of information about the podcast and how it should work at the start um we're going to be hopefully releasing every first month of, sorry, first Friday of every month. Um, we'll be talking about everything surrounding Stratus. This includes um, tournaments, uh, public, ranked, anything really regarding it. Most of our most of our topics will be regarding the competitive scene, mainly because there's a lot to talk about in that regard. Um, but f just for now, it's um, episode zero. We'll be talking about a whole load of things. Um, this includes the current Stratus tournament, all the player transfers, the anti-cheat, the screen sharing. We are going to be mentioning Warus. Um, but starting off, uh, we're going to go into our first segment, which is the Stratus tournament. So um, the map pool, I think, you guys, this is something that's, you know, it's quite quite different to usual. We've seen a lot of maps which yeah. we haven't seen before. I think yeah. uh, overall it's been pretty well received. Like I said, I'm proud of myself for that, I suppose. Yeah, yeah I definitely. Mean, there's been like a lot of praise for this this map pool in this tournament. Like it's definitely a change from like previous CCW tournaments. <laughs> Wooly. Exactly, yeah. Feckle too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we actually did a we did a poll recently, didn't we? Um, asking everybody on their favorite map, and definitely Jurassic was something that came out. 16, 16 people voted it as their favorite map out of quite a lot of people, actually. So, um, I I think maybe that says something about the sort of uh, the sort of maps that are being used in tournaments. Maybe like newer maps and you know a fresher a fresher look on the on the CTW scene is maybe something that yeah. Stratus should look into in the future. I think people have also just enjoyed the more like open fighting that it gives. Kind of like people said it's a conquest map, which I don't think it's a conquest map. But just in general, like if you fight on side islands on next gen compared to Jurassic, obviously Jurassic is more like open for that. And I think that's something to note. Hmm. I mean, there was definitely, I think with Jurassic, it's quite like a, there's lots of ways to go about that map. Because obviously you got the middle sort of uh, the way, but like middle's quite close. Whereas with next gen, when you like, when you push through middle, it's like, there's not too much of a use for it because it's so easy to like rotate people back and like. At um, the ground. Yeah. Uh, like, whereas with Jurassic, it's, it's, it's quite a lot of running you know if you have these two side islands and somebody pushes past you they're gonna get to the defense 100 percent before you unless you have some sort of sky that you're able to run over so i think it's it's definitely a fresh uh fresh breath of air to um to stratus this tournament for now maybe it's something that would be nice for future tournaments is like pre-made maps for like completely all new fresh yeah i mean i, think... I like i like the map jurassic like it rewards like rotations within like the enemy spawn like it's it has like the next gen element like if you take control of their spawn like you can rotate to whichever side you want to push and like that's pretty 
pretty good. Yeah, definitely. I think I, a lot of. Sorry, you go ahead. I remember when I looked at the stats for how many, how often certain maps were played. Uh, Gobi and Jurassic were tied at twenty times played in qualifiers so far, and then uh, Next Gen and Wallop Two had eight each, and then We Sell Mushrooms had two, which is isn't terribly surprising, but I think it is a little surprising. Just the Next Gen was only eight. And once you get into invitationals, I know that like with BO3s and the grand finals, you'll see a lot more like spread out, um, more even data or whatever. Like teams will have to play We Sell Mushrooms a lot more. Yeah, I think We Sell is probably one of the more controversial maps. I mean, you hear a lot about some people, I think it's it's one of those things. I think you either hate it or you love it. I mean, from a defender's perspective is I really... I'm not a fan of defending it, mainly because I yeah. tend to get my defense fireballed every time. But like, I've heard lots of people really like it from the, and I think definitely that fireball sort of aspect is is what can definitely spruce up uh, CTW. Um, and it's sort of the thing that I think map makers need to start getting involved in a bit more is like the idea of like ice fireballs, you know, all of those um, sort of uh, sort of those aspects there. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I personally, I don't regret putting in because even if some people don't like, I think it's just good for like incentivizing progression in the game mode of CTW to to like to reward the like more unique aspects instead of just making people play the exact same thing every tournament. Yeah. But yeah, like when you have a map like that where it's very different, all some people will love it, but some people will hate it and those type of maps do get vetoed. But then invitationals, it's cool to see the like really good teams have to play and how they handle it for a change. What would you guys say about the competition level this sort of tournament? Obviously, there's a lot of a lot of new teams almost. You know, there's a lot of uh, such as um, LFAM. You know, it's brought quite a lot of different players. It sort of broke up a bit of uh, it broke up Ram Branch particularly with you know two Ginny and Lord both leaving to join LFAM. It's sort of made uh, Ram Ranch die almost, and you know we lost a lot of teams since um, so a lot of the original teams since Woolly. Um, would yeah. you guys say that overall the competition level has risen with these new teams making? I mean, yeah, for sure. Like, I feel like this tournament like has a lot more competition. I feel like in a lot of like Stras tournaments, there's only like two teams to see win, and like this tournament like we we could see like a lot of like dark horse teams like that could potentially like upset like big teams like bad b i feel like they can like although they're not like the favorites to win obviously like they can upset a lot of big teams and a lot the community sees that so yeah, yeah there's definitely a lot of competition i mean it's the largest stratus tournament yet the largest tournament since rogue game modes with 20 teams and i think it's like after roster press, I think we're like around 280 or so participants, which is also a record for how many people there are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, there's, I think, my sort of predictions. I, I want to stay off the prediction levels. Um, I want to stay off the prediction levels, sort of. But I think mainly, like, I don't want to just say that, you know, one of the top two teams is 100% going to, um, is like 100% going to win it. I actually have quite a lot of faith in like those sort of uh, fifth and sixth seeded teams to sort of make upsets this tournament, especially since like the scrim level recently has been very like, 
it's just been very like similar, you know, and really close. A lot of the a lot of the scrims have been going like either way and sort of like, you know, Bat Bees or uh, like I don't know, even like Clay's Kitchen, if they scrimmed a bit more, I think we'd see sort of the same thing. Yeah, of course. Have you guys got really any predictions for that sort of uh Um I think it'll be interesting to see like if some of these top teams pull out like a unique like wacky, maybe not wacky strats, but like some things that they've been like hiding for the invitationals, so as to not like spread it around too much. It'd be cool to see if they pull out things because that could change it, yeah, or just I, generally playing differently. I, I don't think that's gonna happen. Like I feel like every team has like something to hide, and they're just like waiting to use it. Like hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I mean, I've uh, yes, literally like yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I feel like every every team sees it as a win condition. Like all these, like <laughs> it happens every tournament. There's always some like sort of winning winning condition strat, right? That it's either never gets played because it's never the right time, or like which is which is a shame. But like I think this tournament will see quite a lot more of it in invitationals. Like I think when it came to stuff like Elytra strats on Wallop Two, like that sort of things was like. That was like tawny finals. I don't think we'll see much of that like this time round. I don't think we'll see much of that at all from now on. I think a lot of as long as like these top teams are like going at it and like invitationals, I think we'll start to see a lot more interesting sort of strats getting getting played in those like semi finals and like round three, like where teams are fighting to stay in the winners bracket. It's definitely something yeah. that uh, you know would be good on stream at least. <laughs> Especially since the teams teams have been screaming for like and now it's like two and a half months of CTW screaming. So they've certainly had time to prepare these type of things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that's been done quite well this tournament is like the amount of time to practice. Like I'm not <laughs> usually a fan of uh of tournaments which, you know, which say, Oh yeah, we'll be we'll be playing this in like three or four months time. But I think it was sort of the best way to like go about it as figuring out what the map pool was being like and it to be fair the time flies by when you're actually scrimming like it doesn't even seem that long ago when um we you know when we were still out there playing like dharma and all those sort of maps um figuring out the map pool like i think it's yeah. the best way to make a sort of like solid map pool and solid competition for everybody yeah it's kind of funny because part of why that happened was because we were still developing the tournament plugin which took a while um shout out to the developers that made that Oh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it was cool. I mean, I don't know the exact number of how many maps were tested, but like I went, Vulk and I went through like a ton of different maps to try everything out, which made it like less stale overall as we went through it. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing I do want to talk about um is like the sort of overtime um um aspect you know with um because i mean it's something that's always been discussed in in like the discord is like whether or not it's tie break um tiebreaker maps and they said tiebreaker eight of them um whether it's tiebreaker maps or if it's overtime or if it's like just replaying the map there's never i don't think anybody really um it's definitely very controversial people have a lot of different opinions but like i'm i think tie breaking eight of the map made by Claff and strange you sort of came it like it came well to the community i don't think there's many people that said it's bad but what's what what what's your opinion on like the um overtime compared to something like tiebreaker maps i think it's just something that will be cool to mess around with and test at some point 
like and obviously I don't think it'd be done for this tournament, but just to experiment with lots of ways of doing it, like i.e. if longer respawn timers work or don't work, just to see how it goes. Because I feel like if you did get overtime working, it could be it could be like really intense. Like imagine the game five of a grand finals going to overtime, and it, like that'd be so intense. That'd be amazing. Yeah, but I, I think mean, just messing objects with experimenting with it would be cool. Yeah, I mean, definitely like competitive sports everywhere like you know football basketball you get those tense shots which like which keep memories it tends to be in those overtime you know whether it's like whether or not it's penalties in football or like you know down to the last second of the buzzer on in like basketball like those those are actually what causes memories in my opinion like that's that's when you actually remember a final for being intense like that i mean you could sort of argue that woolly was like it had one of the more intense finals because of it being like you know literally down to the last map in that best of five like those those are sort of the finals we like to see so i think overtime something like that sort of um like that's it sort of depends, right? Because overtime as a whole, like it's a it's a good like it's good aspect and it tends to work in like sports. Whereas in Minecraft, there's always like it's quite easy to stall, isn't it? Like so, I feel like with overtime, it's whether or not it will actually do anything. Like as a, te- a team's like able to win when a when a match has been going on for fifty minutes, like and a match is never going to last forever, obviously. But like, yeah. I feel like. It, we could be going through like three or four different overtimes just trying to get a winner, which is sometimes where, um, where like just playing the map over again or playing a tiebreaker map could could potentially do better. Yeah, that's why I think it's just it'd be fun to just experiment with it, see what happens, you know. Yeah, definitely. Right, so <clears throat> this sort of brings in our guest for today. So introducing our guest for this episode. Age of Aris finalist, arguably one of the best defenders competing this tournament, currently playing for LFAM. Please welcome Campe. Hey, hey, hey. I think, yeah. So, like, obviously, one you're probably like one of the best guests to talk about to talk to. This sorry about, uh, about this time is obviously you. You recently held your tournament, didn't you? Rise of the Virus. So, would you say there's anything that you can? you're able to predict from watching certain teams play in your tournament do you think there's you'll see potentially any any of those teams doing well with that sort of practice and like after seeing their performance i mean there weren't there weren't much like top tier teams like Aura didn't play or Adventure club didn't play and i think most most teams just take it as like practice in general and mm. testing on the maps but I think something, something like Uber or Alfam, uh, use that tournament to like practice. I mean, personally, I use that tournament to practice on, let's say, special defenses I have prepared mm-hmm. for the tournament. So I think it helped some teams. Yeah, I think it helped practice in yeah. the team vibes. Yeah, sure. I think we saw a lot from. Um that the finals of rise of virus obviously there was i can't remember the name they played under but there was basically lfam and um as well as like night vision i think night vision probably would be a very i think i'm not sure what team they're all on i think maybe they're all a bit split up now aren't they those sort of players that played uh with night vision in the tournament but like i mean 
they made some like they they played well, didn't they? I mean, they I think they beat uh, Bait firstly, but I think they maybe lost yeah. um, in group um, stages. I think they yeah. Were Exactly. So I think they made a bit of an upset almost because, I mean, not many people, I think the seeding had them at third place. So um, I think if anything, like that sort of team with those players would be doing well in the Stratus tournament. Yeah, yeah. probably. Although NatVision like split in, some people went to Praetorians, then we had Web uh, from Elfam, and some people kept, I mean, stayed in NatVision, but yeah, I think that we do well in the tournament. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's the discount true scenario with uh, playing Rocky Road in your tournament. Got beaten, actually, which I mean, I think if anything, it just shows, um, you know, it shows what we were talking about earlier, which is like any team is capable of like making yeah. upsets in a tournament. I mean, nobody saw it coming particularly, but I mean, it happened. And like, keep in mind, Discount True had quite a lot, like quite an aura heavy roster. You know, they had like Matt James, Finn, like myself, um, you know, they had um, they had a couple of players that were on aura. So it maybe speaks a little bit into how aura's performance will go and whether or not they've had that time to like, you know, improve that like chemistry. Cause I mean, there was the big issue of like um, um, a big issue of like the arguments and like the communications mid match, whether or not that will be something that will, uh, which will affect aura in the tournament. Yeah. I mean, they were like a kind of a mix. So they didn't have really much time to practice. But I think they did really good. I mean, they almost beat beat uh, Night Vision in the semifinals. Yeah, if I remember correctly. So they did yeah. quite good. I mean, as you said, they they had like a very heavy roster with like some people from Aura. And, yeah. Just a mix of players. Like there's some people from Bad B or uh, the Fam. Yeah, like Musig and stuff. But just a mix, yeah. I guess. So moving on slightly from your tournament campaign, obviously we want to get your um, you're obviously a very well known defender, and we want to get your opinion on sort of like the a lot of the stuff which has been discussed in in the Stratus events Discord, you know, about all the ice and the sorry not the ice, so about all the water and how that sort of affects the the meta of CTW defenses and like the way the the games are played. How would you how would you say like the way forward is how like how it should be addressed moving forward? Is it something that we should embrace or is it something that we f you feel like we should try and nerf as a community? Uh, I don't know, like defending has changed a lot in the last year, more or less, but also has the meta change. Like now, like top tier teams like Aventure Club just six man push your wall in like six minutes in so it's really yeah. hard to defend against that so i think that defense is like the three tall water thing or like defense gate pit kind of helps to defend against that because it's really hard to defend against six players rushing to your wall yeah, yeah no i it agree kind of help that and if you remove the water like uh golden drought 5v5 I don't know yeah. if it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, GD5, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it would work. Like, obviously, in defense, it would be worse, much worse. But, the, but then you would like reward most aggressive teams, like Aventure Club, 
like it's pretty much impossible to hold a six-man push without water or yeah. anything like that. So it's a little bit tricky. I mean, you want to maybe nerf it a bit, but not that much, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think yeah, the whole... tricky thing to handle with maps, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it gets quite heavy on the map makers when you start making all of these, like, um, you know, when the community comes back with like every map feels the same gameplay, you know, like you can't be adding this, can't be adding that, et cetera, et cetera. Like as a map maker, you know, it's something I've tried to do is like make a sort of map for for CTW. And it definitely stunts like the ideas that can come across when you have like just not really that it's bad like a bad gameplay but like the community doesn't doesn't receive it well so it's definitely something that stunts the map makers and what they're able to do yeah i think um however it's not it's not just the defense which has sort of evolved in ctw like campy was mentioned like you mentioned was um you know that like teams now six man i don't think that's something we really saw too much before like you would get team pushes but you'd also quite frequently you know you've got the solo tunneler the solo offender like, that doesn't really ever happen anymore like not with the not with the top tier teams you know they all rely on like getting that control and then team pushing with it after getting a pick or something like i think when you if you end up like nerfing defenses like like you also mentioned is that it will make it a lot easier to get in war rooms like i don't think I've seen a couple people mention that it's like it's just too hard to offend, but I think maybe those teams are just playing the map sort of wrong because as far as I'm concerned, like from what I've watched is that the games don't really seem to have changed too much from like um from like a timing point of view, you know, there's there's never really been a games when nobody's got in the wall. And I don't think that's like so I don't think water's really the, the fault in that, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, defenders got better when they started to get like six man plus. They had to make something better. I mean, it was quite easy to hold a one man push. I mean, one guy tunneling and one guy rushing. It was really easy, so you didn't, didn't need like a really good defense, but now you really need that. So, yes, I don't know. So, obviously, your scene is like, one of like I previously mentioned was like one of the one of the better defense. You know, you're known for you know for getting up your defenses quick. For any aspiring sort of defenders out there, what would you say the most important thing about being a defender is? Like, is it the awareness, or is it more about, or do you think that anybody can defend the second they get like sort of know what to build? What would you say your number one tip is for anybody that wants to wants to be start defending? Uh I mean, defending is one of the hardest positions in the game, probably. I mean, in my opinion. And you have to practice a lot. I mean, you can't I'm just... Out of pressure. Yeah. You can't just say, hey, I have this very good defense, uh, the best defender. No. I mean, you have to be really efficient and really fast making some things. You have to practice them a lot. Like, I didn't become, like, fast making defenses just because I've been playing for seven years. Like, I also practice my defense every day. Like, I practice with some of the Elfan defenders, like, three or four hours a day, practicing with, like, how to be more efficient, like, mining this first instead of this, and placing this in that way, you know? Gosh. Yeah. So it's a lot, of, a lot about 
practicing and making them again and again and again. And also you have to be like really creative. I mean, if you make like a really good defense, but everybody knows your defense, it's yeah. not that good, you know, like. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. So you have to like, yeah, you have to like change things and make things different and use different blocks or whatever. So, I mean, I'm guessing for the tournament finals, you're going to use a completely new defense that no one's seen. I mean, I can't say. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but those experiences to take. I'm sorry for that. Okay. Fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah, so basically, I was, I was asking about... Um, you know, fence gates. I, I'm not sure if you heard me talking about um, Avacus, um, but like I was looking through a couple of old videos and I saw that like defenses as a whole have like changed so significantly. I mean, it used to be just a one thick wall with a bunch of buttons placed everywhere. And like now recently fence gates and, you know, there's all the like the combinations of iron bars, water, like it's definitely something that's changed. Would you say that from your opinion, like, the new um all of this new sort of defense meta would you say it's reached the peak or do you think in your opinion that there's still potential for um there's still potential for future like growth and you know ingenuity uh i mean probably it could evolve but you could need like new blocks and new stuff like you need to update to 1.10 or whatever yeah. But at the moment, I think it's like really good and doesn't have much like space to improve. I think a lot of it will depend on what the maps do and how yeah. they handle it, what the resources they give you. Yeah, those are that. And but right now, it's mostly like the defender making the difference. My defenses would like two years ago were quite, I mean, not bad, but not ideal also. And now they are really good, and it's all about the defenders making it quickly or getting new things, you know. I remember on Jurassic, when I put the red sand in the lane, I literally just put the red sand for aesthetic. And then I remember, like, maybe a week or so after the map was around, I realized everyone was using it for sand walls. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that is a thing. And I didn't even think about it. So I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But I remember I think it was cool. I was like, oh, wait, they're using that for defense. And that was just cool. So, you know, people like utilized whatever was on the map. Yeah, but do you don't have like much blocks or anything special available in most maps. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that sort of thing is always like quickly gone to, isn't it? I think as a as a map maker, I mean, I haven't really called myself one, but like it's one of those ones where you, um, you know, it's... Um, you like you make a map right and you have an idea of how it will play and it quite quickly um it quite quickly like evolves and changes right to um and like the second it gets out into the public like the public will sort of like tear it apart and you know they'll find all sorts of different ways and they'll change yeah. and play the map completely opposite the way that you thought it would have ever get played so yeah moving on i think obviously there's the wild card teams that we have to talk about i don't know if um if you guys have any like opinions on how how that's going so far, 
I remember um, wildcard teams had always been like, well, not always, but it had been brought up a couple times before, but we never did it for whatever reason. I'm not really sure why. So I just brought it up like pretty soon before registration was closing, I think. I was like, hey, why don't we do this? And then they were like, okay. And then like an hour later, it was all announced and formatted and everything. But it was like, it was a really successful thing. I think we got over 30 or so participants because we got an English speaking team and a Spanish speaking team. And yeah. if we do this again next time, we can improve on a lot of things. We can have it like open for a lot longer. But I think it was pretty good overall how it went. Yeah, no, I think I think as a as an idea, and like it it was well it was well like planned, and I in my opinion it went well. I wouldn't really see not that I was a wild card player, so I don't know how it was from a hands on experience, but like I think it was handled quite well. You know, having those two extra teams did boost it up to twenty, and that's like it's always helpful. And I mean. <laughs> team, team A at least practiced I saw them so it's not as if it's like that was my main issue and concern was the fact that like nobody would show up for it so I'm um, I think it was it was good to see that players were actually showing up and like even some practice didn't they so yeah yeah I didn't actually think the teams would want to like work together and start practicing I was kind of shocked but like they did they did get I think I don't know if the B teams or not they might have but if we do this again and we like open it sooner, they'll actually be able to practice a little bit as a team and get. Because like I remember, they were saying that they didn't even like know how to play a lot of the maps and they just wanted to play Jurassic as much as they could because then they figured with each match they'll get better at it for the next time they play it. Yeah, and I know Wildcard B actually won a match that's like not a no show because they beat um, Squad Cat on a Wool Prox, which was oh, cool. Okay. They didn't quite make the invitationals. That would have been sweet if the wildcard team made invitationals, but I think one team did, did they or no? Nah, the, they if they because uh, then squad cap beat them in the second round and through tiebreaking metrics, they didn't quite oh. make it. Yeah, one of them got roster repaired, I think. So one of the wildcard players made it yeah. invitationals. <laughs> I think that was quite that I think that in my opinion was handled quite well was the ability to yeah. roster repair someone in the in the wildcard teams. I think. I'm quite glad that it it was automatically done and decided that because I think that's that's the way to go. Like those sort of like solo players which sort of join the community so sort of late. That's all. That's always good to let them have that option to you know play and get roster repaired in when teams LFM. I think we actually we we recently did a poll about how the wild card team idea would work well for this tournament, and that was quite it was quite. This was both we asked this before the qualifiers were even played, and like it, it got a good, um, it was well received apparently. The wildcard teams 16 people saying that they think the idea will work well for this tournament, and I think, I think, in my opinion, at least, I think it did work quite well. So, it's, I'm glad to see that. Yeah, I'll be hyped to see how it does in the future when we can build on it. I think we got like yeah, a definitely. feedback form from them, and it was all like positive, I'm pretty sure everyone. On the teams enjoyed it, except for their teammate game band. But yeah. oh yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely an issue that um, we need to be like sort of thought <laughs> about and addressed. Is like if teams end up getting banned from it. I mean, it's the sort of thing that would like it's a lot more likely to happen in the wildcard teams because I mean, it's, don't know each other. You know, people are playing you know for fun sort of thing, um, and they won't care about that. It's maybe something that needs to be thought about. But speaking about new things, obviously there's the anti-cheat, which is which is rather big. You know, it had quite like, had some big, uh, big name bans quite recently. So, um, I mean, it was sort of looked down upon when it first came out because no, I don't think anybody thought it would work. But I think we sort of, we got, I think we got a good, um, a good amount of, uh, 
proof that it it worked quite well, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Sure. well actually when it was first out like nobody it wasn't actually public knowledge i mean like i knew about it but like it was doing stuff and people were looking at it before it was actually announced which is kind of like how i got the first band wave that was like when it was public whatever oh i see yeah yeah i think i think the main issue about the anti-cheat I, in my opinion at least is that i think when it comes to like minecraft now i think the only sort of cheating which um which is an issue as like uh goes past the staff members sort of uh point of view it would probably be um it would probably be the fact that like a lot of it is ghost ghost clients right and i think if anything it's just the one issue with the anti cheat not that it like it should be stopped or anything it was just the fact that like those sort of like ghost ghost cheats you know auto clicking like that you know the vape 3.1 sort of reach that sort of stuff can quite easily bypass it in my opinion i mean maybe you could give a bit more inside information zerical since you're obviously um you know you're involved with that a little bit uh, but... i don't know all of the specifics so i don't really want to speak about it too much but yeah uh, okay that's fair enough i mean i'm a i'm a mod in Star and i can oh, yeah, tell you that yeah, like the anti-cheat. I mean, it's not perfect, but it works and it detects like I'm assist and some other leaks and Pilabras. It's already not, not perfect and things like vape yeah, doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. But we have like some people there, like we are suspicious, they may be cheating. Yeah, okay, so it's... I mean, you already have mods, so. The other thing about the anti-cheat is that even if it wouldn't be actively banning people, it does it like kind of intimidates the community because now they realize that they're always like being yeah, like plugged in. Yeah, I think especially after the first ban wave, we saw a couple yeah. like big yeah, like, name people, people. <laughs> like like people actually thought, oh, okay, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's not too bad. So I think. It was still really cheat stratus needed for a bit. Like when, like everybody saw the server as like a a, a no anti cheat server, you'd get like so many people were like just actively full blocking and everything. And now yeah. that they have like, um, you know, now that they have just that anti cheat, it just added so much like security from from like a, a public. You know, like you say, it sort of scares the scares anybody from doing anything big. You know. Obviously, moving on from anti-cheat, there's also like the Paladin screen share, um, you know, which is a very big thing as well. You know, this um, something which, again, we got some big names banned mid-tournament from screen sharing. I think maybe it's um, something that could be used hand in hand with the anti-cheat. I don't know, Campe, if obviously your mod, do you handle screen shares at all, uh, particularly, or like involved with much of that at all? No, that's part of the event oh, coordinator. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah the senior referees. Like oh, I was involved in it. Yeah. Well, I think like, like I I have like big respect for like stress staff team for to like to use Paladin because like they're they're funding Paladin like by themselves like they're like paying. For Paladin and like it's actually working. Like Paladin is like a really reliable like SS tool. I think like the only yeah. thing they can't like detect is like I guess macros like mouse macros. I'm pretty sure. But besides that, like they can detect like any like generic or clicker, generic ghost client. Like 
I know like it's it's just a really reliable SS tool, and it's good that like Stratus have started to like use it more. Like from previous like tournaments, they've used it like six times, which is like that's like such a big like improvement from like other tournaments. So like also like the anti cheat kind of like the intimidation factor. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. As well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean. It's quite like I don't think anybody actually. I think it's known, but it's not like too known. If you get me, yeah. there's like like people. Some people know that it's Paladin, but like it sort of quite quickly got out when when people actually started uh, getting screen shared. Um, but I think um, I think that sort of thing will definitely stop people from cheating, just like the intimidation aspect. Um, I think something I wanted to mention was using it. Something I brought up at least in the Discord was using it in pugs more often. Like pugs yeah. in general, from like they've got so, quite a lot of potential, especially in tawny off season. Like there's so much potential for it to actually mean something and like to get a lot of active com competitive players to actually play. Like I'm not saying it has to be prize pool, but like they could definitely make it a lot more meaningful. You know, with like trophies and like treating it as a bit of like a league where you can show up whenever you want as a solo player like although that obviously means that it would need some sort of like um modding and not modding like some sort of like overview from mods sorry and like i think having it being used in pugs would definitely like stop people it wouldn't stop people from cheating but like it would definitely um intimidate them from stopping as well as like catching the odd cheater as well i think it's something which would be important um, yeah i think just some sort of moderation improvements could be looked into with the rank since uh, there was a lot of complaints with that obviously last season yeah yeah just gotta make sure you execute it well so you don't like mess up the matches going on and whatnot. I think moving on from obviously the anti cheat aspect of the server, something a bit more about the tournament is like the player transfers. So I think a lot of the player transfers are a bit out of date now. However, like I think the effect the players have on teams is something that um is something that is like quite new. Is um, you know, we've I'll just throw some names out there. It's like Suthi, Nak, Mosig, obviously Ace Flyers coming into uh coming into the mix quite recently. Um Gori obviously yourself um you know joining Adventure Club like happened quite a while back, but I think we'll see quite a lot of like these tr players transferring like affecting teams like quite you know quite well. I don't know if you guys have any opinions on that, but I think definitely Knack will have, like, I think Knack brings quite a lot of experience to uh, Bat B, you know, on the off ending. And I definitely, when I've been spectating scrims, I've seen good performances from him. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of, like, the player transfers have been, like, put into good measure. Like, there's a lot of players that, like, have improved teams. Like, Mossig, for example, like, he's improved, like, mechanics. Like, like even if he's like a little inexperienced with like the whole game mode, like he has a team full of like experienced players from back in like OCN, so it's like he's adding mechanics to the team and he's getting experience from it as well. So he won't be like a setback. He'd like bring a lot to the team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, it's also it's not just about like improving the team, is it? Like 
as a player, I think everybody's going to going to improve from you know from the sort of experience that they're gaining. But opinions on uh, Matt James and Ace Flies? Like... Yeah, definitely. I think yeah, yeah. I mean, that's quite a. It's sort of a, that's very new, isn't it? So obviously, Ace Flies joined the Aura Discord the other day and got given the trial rank as well. So like. Obviously, I'm not sure about roster repairs now, but definitely, like, we can talk about it anyway. It was like, um, I think they've closed now, but, um, you know, that it's possible that he would have had to, or he would have had to remove a player. It's just whether or not who they'd remove, <laughs> to be honest. I think there's a lot of, like, internal talking about, like, who and if Ace should even play because I mean you got to remember Ace hasn't played for over a year, so it's whether or not like any sort of benefit he's going to be giving within two days, you know, is yeah. uh, is like that much. I guess a week if Aura get through to the uh, the second week of uh, invitationals, maybe then it will be a bit more effective. But yeah, I think that's I mean... definitely going to be something interesting to watch along the next couple of days is how this all unfolds and <laughs> whether or not it will self-implode or hopefully not. Okay, so sort of moving on a little bit, we got something a bit less Stratus related now is obviously something that people wanted us to speak about was the Warus death, um, which, you know, quite unfortunate because, I mean, at the end of the day, development-wise, they showed a lot of potential. Like, I think regardless of its competition with Stratus, I think we definitely saw uh, lots of uh, lots of potential with, like, certain ideas. Innovation, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I think their whole private server idea was, like, something which definitely Stratus could take into account when they get around to developing private servers, hopefully soon. Like, I think a lot of... Maybe it's whether or not they need to talk to their staff members, um, you know, like, sorry, talk to Warus's staff members, see if it's something that would, uh, you know, possibly they'd be interested in helping with. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, like, their death was sort of unexpected, wasn't it? I mean, they yeah, definitely, they... yeah, like, they definitely, it was quite obvious that they'd lost a lot of that original hype, but I don't think... I. I thought they were sort of aiming to, you know, announce rather soon. So I guess it's it's quite unexpected and saddening that they um that they had to close like that. Yeah, I guess it would be unfortunate since like summer is coming soon with quarantine or whatever. But mm. I guess focusing, like, yeah, the focusing lack of on... development and lack of um, I guess dedication from as they just yeah, got true. worn out from it all. I think if anything, though, I guess it will improve Stratus. Like Stratus' player count right now, sort of been popping off recently, hasn't it? So I think, obviously, with worse like officially closing, I think if anything, it will just do Stratus benefits. Obviously, from uh, you know having that competition sort of closing. Um, they had like all their like uh, well, not all, but a lot of their like documents they made public. If you saw, so like I think we already yeah, looked through some of it. We want to see if like whatever innovation we can take from them that we think would benefit us, definitely. Mm. So, I think why, talking about a bit about why they closed, I think it's quite interesting, like, the whole, um, they had their, like, whole 12 days of wars or something, didn't they? And, like, they yeah. gained so much hype, like, early on in the year, like, it's it's quite a shame. I think as a, like, a business sort of point of view, I think they played it quite badly in my opinion um you know just from like announcing it like that but having not much to back it up was a little bit of a shame and too ambitious 
Yeah, I think maybe just too ambitious. Like, I think it's something they mentioned was that they like tr- they, their like coding was way too hard, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. They just lock. They just lack the development manpower soon after all of their like hype was yeah. dying down and whatnot. I mean, it was a staff member there, and during the twelve days of world was like in the sixth or seventh day. Uh, Austin, which was the like main de- main developer there, uh, like had to stop doing some things he has he has been doing. Like he had some sort of personal problems or something like something like that. So uh, he kind of left the I mean like the project, and it was I like see. yeah, it was like. People were arguing about continuing with the 12 days of Walrus or stopping and saying, Hey, after left, and we are like waiting for something else to come, you know. That's yeah. kind of unlucky, to be honest. Also, yeah, uh, uh, Rafi uh, took Austin's place and he kind of had the same problem. He had some personal things going on and college or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, with the whole coronavirus, it definitely affects like everybody lots of different ways. I think that it might have also been responsible for uh, you know people being busy, especially like near a summer sort of time. Um, you know, with the staff members of Warus. Yeah, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like obviously, with Stratus, the player counts were actually improved with quarantine, but I think I heard yeah some of their like personal things related to the pandemic happened which is unfortunate for them i think the big question hopefully is do you guys think that stratus is going to be able slash willing to bring on a lot of uh worse's um features in their plugin system well i mean it's gonna take some time i think they can do it like they've like stratus like they've shown like improvement in like every aspect i guess like the moderation aspect, like development aspect, like they're developing anti cheats and developing, you know, like a plugin, like it's it's just a matter of time before they do. I'm pretty sure, like they've already shown, like their drive and dedication to do it. So I think they can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of what Walrus wants is like um, unity and automation, making everything like cleaner and unified. Um, which takes a lot more development work, obviously. But I think some of the stuff we should definitely look into. Like, for example, Walrus, I remember a while ago, Valky had suggested that we should have um, item spawners be in the XML file. It basically just makes it easier for people to put like golden apple spawners on maps, and Operation Ars did that, which was really good. So now that they're gone, we're like, oh, let's add that to PGM. So now it's it was just added to PGM, so it's like just easier to make maps with spawners, basically. I think, unfortunately, I think this is the time where we say goodbye to our guest, Campe. Definitely thanks for coming and speaking with us today. I think we gained a lot of good insight uh, for, you know, from an experienced player such as yourself. Uh, is there anything at all you want to mention before you, uh, uh, before you leave? Mm, not really. Just thank you guys for inviting me and for having me in the, like, the first episode, which is quite important. So, yeah, thank you. Congrats on a good tournament. You held it well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. See ya. See ya. Bye. See ya. And uh, as for other stuff going on at Stratus, 
we just put out like a public map rotation, which was definitely overdue. Like the uh, micro rotation has a lot more maps, so when there's not many people online, it won't get stale as quick. And like maps from the map making competition that we had. And then duels, the past like, I don't know, a few weeks or so, duels has actually gotten pretty popular, which is cool to see like a mini revival. So I know like uh, Shining Dialga, he's planning a lot of stuff for season two. I'm not going to say too many specifics, but like, you know, new ladders, that kind of stuff. It'll be really cool to see how season two goes now that duels is more like alive lately. And I think people are enjoying it. Yeah, I think there's, as far as jewels go, there's, um, and ranked in general, there's like a lot of potential. Like, I um, obviously it gained quite a lot of Hypixel player support recently, but like, yeah, I did, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, but I definitely think a lot of unique aspects were used. And I think it's definitely something that could, um, you know, that could be improved on in the future. Well, thank you guys for uh, tuning in. It's definitely been a, exciting podcast this time around with uh campe as the guest hopefully obviously since this is our episode zero there should be a lot of new features coming in so that our episode one you know are straight after the tournament hopefully like i previously said we will be aiming for the first friday of every month and we should be sticking to that schedule quite well um we hopefully uh, are aiming to come up with a couple bonus episodes sometimes when there's lots to speak about happening on Stratus around in tourney season, that sort of thing. Um, in that sort of off-season, we should be sticking to our normal schedule. But overall, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, and a quick shout-out to everyone who's made a montage this month. Uh, we Check out their videos. We'll be linking them in the description and giving a quick show to them in the video right now. <laughs>